You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Thursday, October 14th. As always, I'm your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, Off the Bench Baseball, or Just Baseball, to which I am a staff writer for. Or maybe, maybe just maybe you're interested in pop culture stuff. You can find my work at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Inverse Play, Discussing Film Credit, and more. And hopefully many more to come. But most importantly, guys, you could check out the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, and that's J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. If you see me pointing right now, that means you're watching the YouTube version. I thank you to all the people watching the YouTube version. Uh, you can check that out at Locked On Padres on YouTube, just in case you want to see my ugly mug. Uh, really, really, really fun to, to do the YouTube, I must say. It got me through the last uh, last two months when it comes to baseball, and the Padres kind of stinking up the whole joint. You know what I mean? Uh, thanks for making Locked On Padres your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, guys. Uh, today's episode... We are going to be talking a little bit about the American League Championship Series, the matchup that is going to take place there, uh, which I think is actually quite interesting, and I'll be talking about it as things progress, I think definitely over the coming weeks. And also Giants-Dodgers Game 5, and most importantly, though, the big majority of today's show, the four things that I think the big main kind of not super specific, not necessarily my most analytical things in the world, but the four specific takeaways, I think, for the 2021 Padres and something that we kind of like learned from this year. And it doesn't have anything necessarily to do with specific players. Nah, that's a lie. Yeah, it does. Just a little bit. One certain player we're going to be talking about a little bit in more detail, guys. But let me just start off by saying, if you are watching the YouTube, I must say, um, I have a new background right now. It's a new setting because I have been notified. And also, I could just tell my lighting isn't the best. The problem is that I think my house was designed by the Joker when it comes to trying to get good picture quality. And what I mean by that is my room is hot as, you know, the sun, as the surface of the sun. So it's hard to record in there on top of the fact that in my room, my desk area is near the one place in the house where the internet is always really shoddy. So I'm always afraid to record there or do anything over there. So that's weird. So I have to reorganize my whole room. And then the problem is that my downstairs area, which is where the library was for a long time, viewers of the show, uh, the lighting is all messed up because the lights are like too close to like, you can literally see the lights and how they're in the ceiling and stuff. So the lighting is all off there. So now I'm in another room and I have a curtain behind me and hopefully the quality is just a little bit better. My di- my guy, uh, Doug Branson of Lockdown Hornets will probably let me know. Um, um, hopefully, hopefully it's a slight improvement. So for everybody watching, it's a work in progress. I'm trying to make it as clean, as good as every other show. But I, I want to emphasize my house is just has a really weird setup when it comes to recording myself and having perfect lighting and all that stuff. Uh, The best place in the house is where my mom works, but it's my mom's workstation. What can I say? Uh, Everything's kind of a nightmare over here. But anyway, guys, let's get into today's show. Let's get into it. All right, let's start off by just talking very quickly about the ALCS matchup, which is going to be the Red Sox and the Astros. Now, I will say, between these two teams, uh, I'm going to be rooting for the Astros in this one. I, I know, I know, I know. I know what you guys are saying, but my Boston hatred runs deep. And also, I actually think, and and I think that this is actually in part because of fans and in part because of players like Ryan Tapera, who came out and said, I think that they're 
there, there's some chicanery going on behind the scenes over there with the White Sox. And then Carlos Correa came out and was like, I think that that's just totally on. There's no fa- factual thing for that. And he went on like this whole rant, especially with Puerto Rican media, which I loved. I love that. Like he's so much more candid talking Puerto Rican media uh, than he is with the, the, the English one. But he basically was saying like, go look at the splits, go look at everything. And I think that there's actually a little bit of a whip around going around right now. I actually might write about this in the future, how just player reactions and fan reactions have gotten to the point where it's like, all right, you have to give the team some credit. You know what I mean? You don't have to like them, but you have to stop doing this thing where you're regurgitating the cheating allegations over and over and over and over and over again. Because like Ryan Sparrow, like your team got smoked. You know what I mean? A must win game five or game four uh, the other day, they lost like 10-1. Like at some point you have to stop just relying and banking on the cheating thing. And I think that it's gotten a little bit uh, over the line. So I'm going to be rooting for the Astros because I genuinely am kind of over it. Long-time listeners in the pod know that I'm kind of over it. I know that they haven't affected my team as much as other teams, like, say, for example, the Dodgers, for example, the Yankees, maybe in the Red Sox, a little bit, a lot of American League teams. I understand they were more impacted by it. Uh, all the cheating and stuff, and that still is bad. I'm not saying that you have to like the Astros, but there is a, a feeling of like, all right, guys, can we like, can we just try and move on maybe just a little bit? You don't have to love them. I'm not, like, I'm not saying I love them. I just hate Boston. That's why I'm rooting against them. But can we just stop? Just a tiny bit. Just a tiny bit. Can we calm down with that? That's just my take on the whole matter. It's going to be a great series. I actually think the two teams are uh, – the Astros have an advantage when it comes to the offense, but I think it's going to be close. I actually think these teams are uh, similar in a lot of ways with not the most – trustworthy bullpen in the world but a lot of pitchers who while they aren't superstars are going to give you quality starts um and i mean that in the little definition of quality starts six innings three runs or less and that's kind of what happened in this series with the white Sox, where the bats just kind of come alive enough and yeah they didn't have guys wiping out the white Sox, especially in that game three but they have enough guys to at least ease the damage um but i will say playing boston at fenway something's going on man in terms of just it's hard to beat the Sox at Fenway. I know people will debate the idea of whether or not home field advantage is still as useful in today's playoffs and league as much as it used to be. But I will say uh, Fenway feels like that place where you just can't beat the Sox at Fenway. Like they just love playing there with the weird porch and right field with the green monster, everything. It just seems like a, a crazy hard team to play. So that's what I feel about the ALCS. I'm very much looking forward to it. We'll be recapping, especially if some interesting things unfold. And I know that Carlos Correa, who I just obviously just talked about a little bit just now. Um, It's going to be interesting to see where he ends up this offseason. I think he's going to be very, very interesting. And I'm looking forward to how all all that stuff kind of transpires because I think that uh, he might be the number one free agent heading into the the 2021 class, 2022 class, whichever way you want to put it. Um, And then quickly, I just want to really talk about the NLCS, which is Dodgers Giants game five. I saw some people saying on Twitter, it's like, ooh, Padres fans rooting for the Giants. I'm like, I genuinely do believe that just because a team is in your division doesn't mean you have to hate them. You don't got to like them, of course. And to be honest with you, you don't have to sing their praises. But, I mean, it is genuinely subjectively kind of amazing what the Giants have done here. I I really do think that it is amazing. And they've got a lot of likable players. I've talked about how Hunter Pence is one of my favorite players ever. So I've always had a little bit of a kinship or at least a respect for the Giants. Um, There's no one that I really hate over there. The Dodgers is completely different, whether it be the fan base and their – I'd say their, their Twitter fan base, especially that pretends that they don't think about the Padres at all, which is just not true, especially because your front office did. You were willing to sign a jerk in order to compete with the moves that the Padres made uh, and, and Trevor Bauer. So that, that's just how I feel about that. Um, rooting very hard for the Giants. I think it'd be fun if they advanced. I won't 
crap on the Dodgers because the Giants are probably the second best or the one B to the Dodgers for teams in baseball right now. So it won't be like an embarrassing loss. Heck, I don't even think it would have been that embarrassing if they lost to the Cardinals in the wild card because anything can happen in the wild card for being honest. It would just be really funny uh, to be perfectly honest with you. I would have adored that, but um, definitely going to be recapping that probably going to be recapping the events of tonight's game on tomorrow's show, which should be a lot of fun. I hope. Uh, and hopefully the Dodgers will be eliminated because that's who I'm rooting for. My team, the White Sox, eliminated in terms of my playoff team. Uh, they just got absolutely smoked and kind of got exposed a little bit. And we're, it's going to be curious to see what happens with that team in the offseason. It's also with Tony La Russa and whether or not they might want to go in a different direction. I doubt it because he's friends with the owner, unfortunately. So that's that. But guys, before we continue on to my four takeaways, my four things we learned. From the Dodgers, wow, from the Padres. Uh, yeah, we will learn a lot from the, the, the Dodgers. This, You know what we learned from the Dodgers this season? Spend a lot of money and sign jerks, and apparently baseball will reward you for that. Uh, but anyway, in terms of the Padres and what my takeaways from them from this year are, before we get into that, guys, I just want to talk to you about Rock Auto. RockAuto.com, guys. It's it's easy. You have computers with access to Rock Auto at home and in your pocket, and you can save time and money. Don't worry about all the weird questions. You know, is your Odyssey an LX or EX? It's really easy to approach. And best of all, when it comes to your auto parts needs, they save you money. Why don't you spend up to 30, 50, even 100% more on the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? That doesn't make any sense now, does it? Uh, the Honda Odyssey fuel pump for them, uh, it costs 216 216 and 353 from your chain stores. It's a big discount right there, guys. And they've been serving people and helping people with prices and stuff for 20 plus years. Uh, Reliable low prices, everything. They have everything you can need, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet, whatever you need. Go check it out in their easy-to-use catalog at Rock Auto, guys. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Once again, guys, I want to reiterate, thank you for making Locked On Padres your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Hashtag first listen. Although I do admit because today's episode came out a little bit late, maybe it wasn't your first listen of the day. You know what I mean? Maybe you listen to a bunch of other baseball podcasts. I understand that. Look, I don't even know how to make my picture quality right. I have a curtain behind me for crying out loud right now. You know what I mean? Like, Look, I'm telling you, my house, it's just... I mean, maybe that's a reason for you to subscribe. You get to see the evolution of my room and whether or not it starts improving or whatnot and my background and all that. Because right now I'm seeing like you can see a little bit of a shine off my glasses. It's rough, man. It's rough. I, I'm still trying to figure it all out. But uh, let's let's keep it moving, guys. Main segment, ta- 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 topic of the show. We are talking. My Javier Reyes is four things we learned from the 2021 Padres. Now, I want to make it five, but to be honest, I couldn't think of five that really felt all that interesting to me, um, that in terms of things that I thought we genuinely kind of learned, you know what I mean? And these are four, they're definitely a lot more broader. We'll, we'll get deep to them. Look, we got a long offseason, ladies and gentlemen. I promise you, we're going to have a lot of stuff to talk about. All sorts of candidates, I should probably mention that, were mentioned as people that the Padres are looking into for their managing position. That obviously, if you hadn't heard, is currently uh, vacated. It is currently open uh, for the Padres. Names include, obviously, some we've talked about on the show before. I'm just pulling them up real quick just to make sure I got them all right. Um, we have, obviously, Bruce Bochy. We have Buck Showalter. We have um, Jeff Bannister, John Gibbons, Roe Roanek, John Farrell, and Brad Osmus. Wow, that is a throwback for Brad Osmus. Cheese Louise. I haven't heard that name since I was... 
playing Crash Bandicoot Wrath of Cortex since I was playing Uncharted 2. You know what I mean? Since I was listening to, heck, the, 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 what's that one? Bop, bop, bop. What is that song from? Who is that from? It's a Justin Timberlake band, right? I don't know what I'm saying right now, guys. But anyway, uh, that came from Bob Nightingale. So take it with a grain of salt to an extent. But uh, it's it's definitely an example of one thing that we're going to hear about all offseason. So don't get me wrong. We'll have plenty to talk about. But let's get into it. The first takeaway that I have from the 2021 Padres, the thing that we learned, takeaway thing we learned, I kind of mean the both things, uh, same thing. My number one, uh, it's... I know that I said these were a little bit more ambiguous and not going to focus, not ambiguous, but they were a little bit more broad that they weren't going to focus on specific players and whatnot. Uh, Eric Hosmer is given, might have the worst contract that's been given in sports. (laughs) I'm serious when I say that. All right. That's what we learned. Now, here's the thing. We didn't learn that. Eric Hosmer was bad. We always kind of knew that he was a very good player. I think that anyone who was reading into last year, it was very wishful thinking. We were hoping that the launch angle stuff was a sign that he was headed towards the right direction, that maybe he might be lifting the ball more. He even talked about it, which clearly was a farce, and it just didn't happen. You know what I mean? He went back to his ground ball ways, finishing with a 0.0 total F4 this year, uh, which basically means he was bad. I mean, there are guys who had wars about, I mean, Hassan Kim, who couldn't hit worth a lick was still worth more than Eric Hosmer this season. Not by like a, a ton more, but still uh, according to fan graphs and stuff like that. So I think we learned this because you could argue that there are, you know, guys like Seamus Strasberg, right? Guys like Jordan Zimmerman, guys like Miguel Cabrera, right? Who have like these absolute albatross contracts, right? You could argue DJ LeMayhew, you know what I mean? But the difference between Hosmer and some of those guys is that this was a bad contract from the very beginning. There isn't a single serious baseball soul when this contract came out that people were like, oh yeah, the Padres, they had to make that move. You know what I mean? They just had to. When you look at Miguel Cabrera, he's Miguel Cabrera. He's probably making the Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? When you look at Steven Strasburg, all right, he came off of an incredible season. I still think that that contract was actually a mistake and I think people got a little bit too carried away. That guy had never stayed healthy in his whole like career. And then... You look at that, though, it's like, all right, he's been good before. You could argue Eric Hosmer has been just good before in his best seasons because of the bad defense, because of the fact that he hits everything on the ground, a lot of it luck-based with the ground ball rates, that it was a bad contract from the beginning. The contract is so bad, in fact, that the Padres, and I talked about this on um, yesterday's episode with Bryce Berserk of Lockdown Rangers, the Hosmer ordeal is so bad that they would probably have to give up a top-level prospect in order to deal him. That's bad, ladies and gentlemen. I'm talking C.J. Abrams. And I'm not saying the teams would be greedy if they asked for him. That actually makes a lot of sense. It's the only way it makes sense because of how much money he's owed. It's just, I really do genuinely think, I want, I ask you guys now, because we did not learn that Eric Hosmer was bad and atrocious in 2020. I would argue that that wasn't that, that crazy of an outcome heading into the year. What we learned was his contract really might be the worst that's been given out in sports in a very long time. I might even, yeah, for all of sports, seriously, like you could argue maybe, I don't know, there's probably an NBA contract in there for all my NBA heads out there. There was that one year when they gave huge contracts like Timothy Mozgov and Bismack Biombo, who were like role players at best, but everyone said the cap is going up. That's why. So these prices are going to look small in retrospect. And they did it. And they were just these complete albatross contracts for a few years. But even that, it's like there was a, at least a reasoning to being like, we think that the money's going to go up. This one, it's like, I don't know what you were thinking, 
uh, at all. This is a guy who literally, if you just bring in anyone, I mean, I'm talking Nate Lowe of the Rangers. If you bring in anybody, it would be better and worth more. And this is actively hurting the team because now the team has to find ways to kind of create some financial flexibility because of this contract. The fact that Manny Machado, that trading him is, I still think a very bad idea, but the fact that it's not the worst idea of all time, a lot of that speaks to the fact that they need some flexibility and the fact that Hosmer is just sticking out there like a sore thumb. It just, it just speaks volumes to it. I genuinely think that this might be the worst contract in sports. I do because you can't even make the argument that it went wrong and he got hurt and things fell off. Carl Crawford back in the day when he signed with the Red Sox and he just completely fell off a pit. Well, it's not like we knew he was going to be that bad. He was a very good, almost MVP quality outfielder when he did sign with the Red Sox. So when you look at it from that respect, you could say Jacoby Ellsbury from the Yankees. But his thing was like, even when he was at least healthy, he was like an average sort of player. His was really bad too because it had the factor of nobody believed in it when it first happened. Uh, But even nonetheless, I think Hosmer from the very beginning, from the very beginning, everyone was like, what are you doing? And just after these four years, where like you basically gave us 35 games of being productive. And that was in 2020 when he was hitting all the home runs, not walking a whole lot, but lifting the ball more and at least giving us power. This year? Oh man, it's bad. So let me rephrase. It's not that Eric Cosmer's bad was the thing we learned in 2021. It's that we learned he really might be the worst contract in sports. Seriously, he might be the biggest sore thumb bad thing in sports because we're not even a rebuilding team. You know what I mean? We need to like kind of win now. This isn't like a guy who is signed for the next couple of years and he's annoying and don't worry, we'll get rid of him soon. It's like, no, we got f- another four years of this nonsense. AJ Preller, I hope you can work your magic and take advantage of some of the dumb teams and executives in this league. Hey, Colorado. Hey, Kansas City. You listening? Would really appreciate that. Uh, but that's it for the first thing we learned from 2021, guys. Now for my second item on the list. My second item on the list. Let's see where we go in this direction. Another one is a, let's be very obvious on this next one, guys. Let's let's be very very obvious. The number two thing we learned about the uh, about the Padres in 2021 is it's a long season. It's a long season. Now this goes in a bunch of different directions. I know. Forgive me if I'm sounding super super broad, but it is true. All right, it's a long season. What I mean by that is, I still remember talking with people on Spotify Greenman, which everyone can follow me on there at Javier Reyes, J A V I E R R E R E. Y E S. I just tried to point it out on the YouTube. Um, that early on in the season, I was talking to Ben Caspic of Lockdown Giants, and people were complaining. And they were like, You look at what the Padres, because the Padres are just beating the, the Giants in a series. I think they they won like three out of four or two out of three, one of that. And someone was complaining to Ben and being like, You why don't we make any moves? This is so annoying. Classic Giants, they're just not making any moves, and blah, 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 blah. And it's just so funny to look back at that, right? Like, look back at that. The Padres were the team that were in front. And everyone universally was like, yeah, they're going to be great. You know what I mean? And it just goes to show you all those takes from the beginning of the year and everything about the Padres aged extremely poorly. And a lot of that is because the season is long. The season is very long. And in terms of just, I mean, guys, I still remember the no hitter. I do. It was a good time. I was thrilled. I was happy with my life. It was lovely. It was joyous. I I loved the Tatis home runs. I loved when he came back from the injury and beat the Dodgers a bunch of times. I love when he made fun of Trevor Bauer and all that stuff, right? Like it used to be fun. It did. It used to be very fun. But now we have a situation where, you know, you, you look at the course of the season and you have to realize that baseball is not a sport 
designed for you to have takes on. You could go three weeks and you're going to age poorly in a month. You know what I'm saying? Everybody who thought the Cardinals was done, that was correct. All they did was go out and sign J.A. Happ and John Lester at the trade deadline, or at least trade for, I should say, not sign. And then they make the postseason. They win 18 games in a row. It is a long season. And this is actually like one of the things I almost don't like about uh, baseball is it's almost like arbitrarily creates things like anything can happen over a prolonged period of time almost. You know what I'm saying? It's like, well, is that necessarily an indicator of which team is good or just something weird happened because anybody can do well at any time. More teams are more likely, but I think that you're seeing that over the course of a long season, it's just a mistake for us to keep judging and jumping on to bandwagons. The Padres at one point looked like they were the saviors of baseball. Now they're kind of a clown show of baseball. And I think that we need to remember that for next year. And another thing that you add on to this is that it's a long season. You need depth. You need guys that are going to be there and be okay. Yes, you need stars. I think that you can make the biggest argument for stars is that you just watch what happened in the postseason with the Rays. Friggin' Xander Bogarts and Raphael Devers and all these guys, like there's something to that. Maybe they weren't a regular season team, but they were built for the postseason. And I've, as I've said before, I've said it many times, the Dodgers, why do we keep acting like the last decade doesn't ha- didn't happen? The last decade, what are the Dodgers most known for? Blowing up in the playoffs. That's what they're mostly known for. And then the Rays, we also forget about the Rays. Great team. They're not bad. But what do we keep forgetting about the Rays? The Rays is that y'all haven't won a World Series. Why are we acting like you're a first-class organization? The Royals won one. The Astros won one. The Dodgers won one. The Cardinals won a bunch. The Giants won a bunch. Why are we acting like we like this is the way to go when we keep seeing that you also find a way to lose in the postseason? You know what I'm saying? So that's just my takeaway from that. Long season, guys. We got to remember that for next year. We say it every single year, but in this case for the Padres, it is a reminder that they were not built for the long term. They were built for the short term, especially like they were in 2020. And that's why they were so exciting because they had a great run of 60 games. They had an incredible run in the 60 games kind of stretch this year too. Yeah, the offense wasn't the same, but bottom line is the depth was incredible. And you're seeing now that maybe just trading for stars isn't the right way to go. It's not the right way to go, guys. Now, before we get into my third thing that we learned from the 2021 Padres guys, the very kind of broad uh, takeaways that we had from this season. Let me talk to you about something important. We're back and better than ever, guys. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season with a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything in football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. And they've also got you covered when it comes to basketball, when it comes to baseball, when it comes to boxing, when it comes to all sorts of bets and futures bets and whatnot. It is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Woo! All right, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I'm in a precarious situation right now because I'm actually extraordinarily thirsty, but I can't just get up and like pause the recording now, can I? I, I keep going. I don't stop, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get to number three. Let's get to number three. On my four takeaways, four things we learned from the 2021 season. Um, and, and it's these are a lot more Padre-centric, I, I would say. No, that's not true. The, the long season one was definitely one that we need to remember for all teams. But my next one is going to be this, and it has a little bit to do with, with takeaway number two. Takeaway number three is that baseball often doesn't reward you for going all in. It just doesn't. It just doesn't. It does not reward you for that, um, at least in my opinion. 
Um, baseball is not a sport that is based on making the lightning trade that gets you superstars. The Padres trade is something like 31 players for nine players in the last season and a half, right? You look at the Trent Grisham trade, you look at Joe Musgrove, you look at definitely Blake Snell and you Darvish, and then you look at Adam Frazier, and then you look at Mike Clevenger, which was a giant deal that sent everybody away. And what happens is that baseball often time, it's about spending money and also growing your farm so that way you have a bunch of role players who are going to be average that you can exchange and put in there to help your superstars. You have your Tatis and Machado and Cronenworth and maybe a Joe Musgrove, and then you have dare I say, an Eric Lauer. Now, I know the Brewers were just eliminated, but an Eric Lauer would have been really useful for the Padres this year. I know he didn't go a total like crazy amount of innings, something like 119 this year. Didn't have an incredible strikeout rate whatsoever, but the URA was just a tad over three. It's like 3.13. He actually had a decent showing in the playoffs from what I saw. I know it was, hey, look, the, you know, uh, the Braves are a pretty good team. That's just, that's just how I see it. The Braves just, hey, good for them on advancing past the Brewers. But I think people that it's just not built that way. The NBA, the NFL, maybe, especially, especially the NBA. And I've mentioned this before. I do. I think I mentioned this on yesterday's episode, so I'm sorry for repeating myself. When I heard that the Brooklyn Nets traded for James Harden and they lost a bunch of their draft picks and some of their depth guys, I was like, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're going all in. I do not care about my depth when I have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden. I just don't care. I don't care. Those other guys, they'll find guys who can give you average stuff. It's not hard. They have the three superstars. Who gives a damn? I think they won the NBA title last year if they were healthy. I do. I really do. And I think with baseball, we're just learning that, like, it's not smart to always go all in. You have to wait. It does not reward you for that. Yes, maybe you can bring up, say, the 2000 Diamondbacks, right? The 2000 Diamondbacks went all in. They beat the Yankees, if I'm not mistaken win the World Series, and then they completely fall apart and whatnot. But they did win the World Series. That's just not the case most oftentimes. I mean, you look at teams like uh, the, the, the Yankees, maybe you can even say. Now, the Yankees have a lot more uh, deeper pockets than a lot of other teams. But I'm just saying, the way they traded for so many guys, I think the big takeaway about this team was they were not rewarded for that. Because you could have gotten guys who gave you similar or okay production without the name brand as you Darvish and Blake Snell especially. Now, don't get me wrong. You still want to take chances on those guys, but how many guys do you want to trade for? There's one thing if all the Padres did this offseason was trade for Joe Musgrove. There's one thing if all they did was trade for Blake Snell. There's another thing if all they did was trade for you, Darvish. But when you do all those trades to get all those stars, we saw this year that that might not be a salient strategy. It it just might not be. Now, it's it's still fun and it's exciting, but unfortunately, baseball is just one of those sports that doesn't work that way. I mean, look at the Cardinals. The Cardinals didn't do anything at the deadline. The only thing that they did was they, you know, preseason, they trade for Nolan Arenado. Otherwise, they're hoping on their depth. They're hoping on their development. And they're just hoping that things bounce their way. And that's what happened. They end up breaking out towards the end of the season. Nolan Arenado, one of the big RBI guys. He was great with runners in scoring position, unlike a certain uh, leadoff hitter that rhymes with um, Flam uh, for the Padres. How he was doing. But, like, that's just what it shows you, right? And you look at some of these other teams, you look at, say, even the Red Sox to an extent. Now, the Red Sox do spend a little bit more money, but they didn't trade and go crazy and sign a bunch of guys. And now they're in the ALCS. That's just what happens. You know what I'm saying? The Red Sox could have kept Mookie bets. The Red Sox could have traded for, you know, a Jose Brios. You know what I mean? They could have traded for one of the other big starting pitchers on the market, but they didn't. And now they're in the ALCS. 
that's what I think we, we kind of need to take away from this year is that making you can't make that many trades. I think that's the better way to phrase it. You cannot make that many trades because there's too many other guys that might just be good for 20 games. Maybe they're going to have a pitcher who will be good against only the Rockies, but that's still a valuable piece. Blake Snell, I know he was great towards the end of this year. You could have found plenty of replacement value pitchers and plenty of decent players, especially with guys that they gave up in those trades like a Cal Quantrill, for example, that would have been better. Maybe he wouldn't have been an all-star who can carry you for the whole season like a Corbin Burns. But the fact of the matter is you need guys that can just fill innings and be okay because you saw what happened at the end of the season. Vince Velasquez, Jake Arrieta having to start, having to put in guys like Adam Frazier, having to trade for Jake Marisnik. It's just not good. When you have depth, that's what baseball is all about. It's not like some of the other sports, NFL even. NFL, like, I know that you need a lot of depth, but oftentimes, if you hit on quarterback, I'd say 75% of the job is done. You know what I'm saying? Like, that is, if you have a really great quarterback, you're at least going to be okay. Now you have to fill in all the other spots. You know what I'm saying? But if you don't have the quarterback, then you have 25% of it done. You need the good quarterback, man. I'm telling you. So that's how it kind of is for baseball. I don't care how many good players. We had one of the top three MVP voters um getters i should say in the season and they finished below 500 so we kind of learned from this year all those trades being a mad man dealer not necessarily right you should be making low cost moves instead of trading a bunch of players for less players because if you do that all of them need to hit and chances are not all of them are gonna hit you darvish blake snell um adam frazier uh tommy fam a lot of these guys did not hit They, they just didn't and a lot and right now you know how much more fun it would be if you just had flexibility right now? Yeah, you keep Tatis and Machado, don't get me wrong. But if you just had flexibility at first base, if you could know that you had some other guys coming up, that'd be a lot better in my opinion. So that's my third thing that I learned from baseball, more of a reminder as well as the long season thing from the 2021 Padres. And that leads us to our last thing that we learned from the 2021 Padres. Guys, it's a... it's. It's this is another broad one. <laughs> I keep saying that how broad these are. You guys are probably gonna hate me after this episode, to be honest with you, how broad I was. Look, I have plenty of things to talk about for the offseason. You know what I mean? There's plenty of guys that I'm even talking about. But the last thing I want to talk about is that I think we continue to underestimate how much player development has to do with all this. I do. And now I'm not saying that all of you do. I'm saying that there's a lot of on paper stuff, and there's because we learned from the Giants this year how much player development has to do with all this. It's funny because I was on a podcast around the Foghorn with Mark DeLucci, who's a great writer, great Twitter follow, a brilliant, brilliant guy when it comes to baseball stuff. He invited me on like towards the beginning of the season talking about it. And he made the point where he said, and I actually have to reach out about this. It was such a great point when he made it. But he was like, all the money that the Padres are spending, he said, I wonder, is that translating also to hiring more people around the team? Hiring better coaches? Hiring more coaches? Because you look at something the Giants have done and – they hired a lot more co- coaches. A lot of people have talked about uh, Ben and Woods, who talked about. Um, oh my gosh! <sighs> Damn it! Sorry, I just got a fantasy update that Damian Williams is out. Of course he is. I hate fantasy football. Um, ah! um but um, speaking of ah, you look at kind of that that point that he made, and it's like that's interesting because the Giants had a bunch of different hitting coaches for a bunch of different players this year, and look how they turned out. You go look at teams like, I know I just dogged them a little bit, but the Tampa Bay Rays, why is it that they always seem to produce pitchers? 
Why is that all these guys with the Padres seem to go down? You bring in Blake Snell, he goes down. You bring in you Darvish, he goes down. You bring in Chris Paddock, he was good for one year, and then he just falls apart. You bring in all these guys, I think they've done a better job on the hitting side of things. But when it comes to some of these other dudes, it's like, oh my God, like what's, what's going on? It doesn't make any sense why this is happening. And I think that's because we underestimate how much organizational development has to do with all this. You know, even the Cleveland, even Cleveland, you know, they're able to develop pitchers and stuff. They're able to accrue talent and what have you. The fact that you know, and maybe, by the way, maybe this might have to do with why AJ Preller trades so much because he doesn't trust player development. Maybe he's like, I can't, I just know all these guys are in bad shape. And I think when you look at this, it makes me wonder, if I'm another team, do I just go and trade for Mackenzie Gore or Chris Paddock? Even Chris Paddock. Because if I'm another team, I'm looking at them being like, I'm trading for Paddock because they don't know what they're doing over there. And maybe Paddock isn't a star, but maybe he's a useful piece that we might not have to trade all that much for. You know what I'm saying? And he had a good season before at one point. So if I'm them, they're like, let's simplify his mechanics. Let's get him better. And maybe he's not going to be a 5.4 ERA guy. Maybe he's like a 4.3. Maybe he's a 3.8. You know what I'm saying? Like That's what you have to look at this like. Not only stars, but developing guys into useful pieces. I just don't think it's a coincidence, guys. And I think that Mark made a great point that it's like maybe the Pirates should be spending money not just on players, which is great, but all across the organization, on scouting, on data analysts, heck, on the graphics, on maybe not graphics producers, but you get what I'm saying. And especially in minor leagues, we have that as a whole different thing when they don't help out their minor leagues and what have you. That's a big thing to bring up in all this, I think, as well, is that um, that has a big, big thing to do with this. And I think that's one of the biggest things I would say we learned from the 2021 Padres. Hope you guys enjoyed that list. Very broad, I know. Maybe I have to do like a four things we learned, four players we learned about from the 2021 Padres. Maybe maybe that's better. Look, I'm going to be doing season recaps kind of for the rest of the season. Don't worry. There's so much stuff we're going to be talking about. It's going to be wild. Um, yeah, for, for sure. For sure. Thanks for making Locked On Padres, guys, your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan, please though, call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues, both past and present. It's free and available on all platforms. And more specifically, in terms of the future of this podcast, guys, a lot of fun stuff. Going to be talking about more things, like I said, more specific into the four things we learned about from the Padres. Let's see, I keep looking at this damn fantasy update that's driving me mad. Guys, my team was so good and it's just dead now. I lost Clyde. I could have traded for Justin Herbert, and now I have Russell Wilson. He's out. I'm just losing my mind. I'm losing it. I hate fantasy football. God, it's like ruining my life. It makes me so mad. But in terms of the future of this podcast, guys, that won't make me mad. going to be talking about my latest article that just came out for Just Baseball, which is the top 10 most tragic moments of the 2021 Padres. Going to be doing a part one and two of that. Tomorrow's episode, we're going to be recapping game five, and then we're going to talk about the first five of the items on that list counting down from number 10 to number five. I'm going to link in the description my article if you just want to read it. I'm going to talk about it in a little bit more detail on this video show or audio show, whatever you want to call it. So that should be a whole lot of fun for sure. Um, and then on Monday, going to be recapping some of the games that happened over the weekend. Any news that might happen, who knows? We might get more news about the Pirates, maybe even some more rumors, maybe some more athletic pieces will drop, who knows? And then we're going to be doing the final five of the most tragic moments for the Pirates. It's going to be like a group therapy session. At least in my opinion. I hope that you I hope that you enjoy it. I think you will. I think you will. But with that all being said, guys, that about does it 
for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever, all platforms. Follow the show or myself on Twitter, which is at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. Subscribe to the YouTube. Greatly appreciate that if you want to see my ugly mug and my cool shirt, the fellas. You see that's kind of like the NBA Finals font, but it's the fellas. Maybe I should wear maybe I should wear that more often. I need to wear more shirts on the YouTube to give you guys more of a reason to check out what what my weird wardrobe is and all the the dumb quirky shirts that I have. Um and yeah, and also just to see w- how I upgrade the the surroundings. Hopefully I get better video quality and whatnot. I'm going to need help with that. But anyway, I'm rambling too much, guys. Until next time, stay safe and of course faithful. My fire faithful homies. Take care. Yeah.